You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Guys, we're back. It's been a month. Uh, last time we were talking, we were talking about the most intriguing and least intriguing games on the Nebraska schedule. Since then, quite recently, this past week, I guess, uh, the Big Ten released the 2024 and 2025 schedule. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit more about some 2023 schedules, uh, about some matchups, interesting matchups there. But... Let's go ahead and let's uh, get started with Nebraska's schedule, the 2024 schedule. Uh, the, the away games have been identified as Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, and UCLA. That's five away games. And the home slate is Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Those are the four home games. Derek, do you have any thoughts on this schedule here? Well, you know, it's it, it's a nice schedule. I, I don't want to call it an easy schedule because I don't think anything with the Big Ten's ever easy, and we, we've proven that for the last ten years or so. I mean, you know, I, there was a point where we all would have sat here and said, "Oh man, we got Illinois and Indiana and Michigan State, or not Indiana, not Illinois, but Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota. Those are all easy games, and you know, Purdue, Northwestern." Those haven't been easy games for us, but I mean, we kind of skated away from having to play Michigan, Ohio State, USC. Uh, we still got Penn State, but uh, overall, it's a fairly pleasing schedule for Nebraska, I guess. Yeah, Tyler, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I think that the the thing that stands out is obviously we are. We're even too early to really for me to give a great prediction on a 2023 outcome. But when I look at what I see in 2023, I think you know we we are playing what I perceive as three of the four worst teams going into 2023 with Northwestern, Indiana, and uh, Purdue. I think those are teams that you are mean looking, 2024, correct? Well, I what I, what I think of 2023, I have no idea what 2024 is going to bring. So, I mean, again, I, what I guess where I'm going, in 2024, we're playing three of the four worst teams that I think that are going to be in 2023. 
I don't know okay. if that makes Got sense. It. But, okay. but, but so my point is that I think we're avoiding we're getting a lot of the easier teams. Again, obviously Northwestern could come back to reality and maybe they'll be great again and and, and, and so so but but for now I would say that we're getting some easy matchups and we avoid what would be the three uh I mean the, the two toughest in Michigan and Ohio State. Um, you know, in twenty twenty four. So it is it is nice in that regard. Um and I'm going to try to keep this straight, but we also missed USC in 2024, right? Yes. Okay. yes. In 2025, we get them. I try to remember to keep these straight. So, yeah, I think we, we get three of the four easiest teams, and we avoid three of the four toughest teams. So I think it's a great schedule for us. Um, I, and Derek's right. There's no easy games. That we can't count wins, and nothing like that is given. But I think when you look at what it could have been, it definitely is a really favorable. And there's some fun games in that year. I, I'm excited to go to UCLA. I think that'll be a fun trip for us to go and welcome the Big 12. I look forward to a red out there. So it, it's some fun games in there. Yeah, and it's a great schedule for Matt Rule's second year as head coach. It's great. It's uh, really going to benefit uh, the the home slate, the games. I, I mean, Tyler, you go to a lot more home games than uh, me or Derek. But you know, out of those four games... Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan State. Those aren't that's those aren't bad games. Uh, Indiana, who, you know, you probably give your tickets away for that one, but I don't know. Who who knows what they'll look like? I don't expect it much out of them, but it's a decent uh, home slate there. Now it does get tricky in 2025. 2025, uh, the away games for Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota, Ohio State, USC. Then the five home games are Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, and UCLA. Derek, it's a little bit different in 2025, isn't it? What do you think? Uh, yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's definitely tougher. I mean, anytime you see Ohio State and Michigan and USC on your schedule, you're, the, per, the perception is going to be, oh, you got a really tough schedule. Uh, but we do get Illinois, who I'm not crapping on Illinois because they're a good team. Uh, but they're not the powers of Michigan or Ohio State or USC. We get Rutgers, Maryland, Minnesota. I mean, Iowa we're still going to have every year, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, UCLA, I, they're a little unknown to me. I, I don't know what they're going to be. I know they were a lot better last year than they had been for a while, but can Chip Kelly keep that up out there? And We'll, we'll see. Remember, remember, I don't respect UCLA as a program. <laughs> I know. Uh the one thing I'll say about the scheduling so far with the Big Ten, this new flex, whatever they're calling it, uh, it's it's in, it's off to me. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, we got into these protected rivalries, and again, I know we'll get into that here in a little bit, but I mean, like, some teams have two, some teams have one, some teams have three, one team has none. And it's like, I don't, so I don't understand the protected rivalries. I don't understand why we're doing the whole two years on, two years off with certain teams. Well, let's hold off on that. Let's get to that once we finish the 2025 discussion. I'm just saying, I just don't understand the scheduling, period. Like, it's great that we're playing all these different teams, though. I, I, I'm excited to play USC. I, I'm hoping by 2025 we're a pretty respectable team. Year three under Matt Rule. Like, Justin used to say this all the time. If, you, if, if a coach is going to get it done, he better have it done by year three. So if if we're as good as what we should be by year three, these could be some really good matchups. 
Tyler, your thoughts on 2025? It's tough. Uh, you know, kind of for the same points I brought up earlier. I mean, we get three of the four toughest teams in the Big Ten on paper heading into that year with USC, Ohio State, and Michigan. Um, you know, fortunately, um, I mean, we get Michigan at home, which will be nice. I, I, I it is, it is insanely intriguing to think about this because. You know, what What everyone is kind of putting on paper is yeah, Matt Rule, year three is the year. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, and again, it, if you had asked me a month ago, you know, I would have said, yeah, 2025. I mean, that, that can be a 10-win season for Nebraska. And then you see the schedule and it's like, you're going to need to show something in years one and two for me to be there. Uh Again, when you're projecting this far out, there's a million things that could happen. I mean, by then, Ohio State could be trash for some reason. Doubtful, but I mean, like, there's just a million things that could go different. Yeah. So getting too far ahead in projecting, but like, I mean, you sit there and say, okay, well, if Nebraska is going to be a 10 win, then you either got to win two of those three tough games or you got to go undefeated the rest of the way. And. That's so, neither of those scenarios are like, oh, that's an easy one, especially with the product we've seen. So, yeah, I mean, I think you look at 2023 is an easy schedule. 2024 just released, easy schedule. The only relief in 2025 is not Big Ten related. It's that we don't have a non-conference game that's scary at all. And, Justin, I know you love the little guy in Cincinnati, but without Fickle there anymore, like, I don't think we're going to see necessarily the same Cincinnati. I, I know they're going to the Big 12, but I, I don't. I don't know if Cincinnati is going to keep up what they've been. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a you, pretty you also, easy schedule. You also don't have Wisconsin in 2025, which gives you a little bit of a break, as bad as they've owned us. But but what do you think Wisconsin is? Like, I, I thought about that when I was looking at this schedule. So, like, next year, we get two more years of Wisconsin, right? So we get two more years. Yeah. Our, and, I, and I can't figure it out either, Tyler, because I, I'm wondering, with everything being changed, how, if they're going to struggle. But the national perception is they're just going to continue on winning. Like, that's a game I kind of Ty- wish we had kept. <laughs> Jesus, Tyler, you shit on Wisconsin because they lose L- Luke Fickle. Now you're shitting on Wisconsin because they have Luke Fickle. What the hell? <laughs> I just think it's a – the problem with Wisconsin, it's a culture change, right? And that, that's, sure that's yeah. the challenge is is how is that going to play out? Um, no, I mean, I think it, it's definitely a uh, – I don't know. It, it is really fun to see it. It's a lot fun to get the clarity and start to look ahead on these next couple of years because there was so much unknown for the last month. So it's nice to see a little bit of clarity kind of pop up. Well, it's really interesting about the 2025 schedules with those uh, the marquee games there with Ohio State, USC, Michigan. If Matt Rule does get us to a competitive level, uh, it's gonna, he's going to have to get there. But those are going to be some really fun matchups. That is a lot of good games. And throw UCLA in there if Chip Kelly can have them going around. I mean, and Iowa. I mean, that's that's five good marquee games there in the Big Ten. And you can throw Minnesota in there too. Uh, but some great games if we're competitive. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it could, I mean be, if it, it could be really fun or it could be really shitty. Well, I mean, if, if you're sitting there on paper saying you're you're kind of putting a the the haves and have-nots in the Big Ten, like you know Minnesota, Iowa, UCLA, kind of all probably get on that haves line, and and again, it, there there is no that's why I say like 
for us to get the 10 wins that year, if that's the year we're going to do it, I mean, again, who knows what Illinois is, but I mean, I would probably say we only have, Illinois is a good team. We only got Rutgers. Rutgers is the only team on paper that's a layup. Well, let's say, let's say this for a second. So, Justin, I got a question for you. When does the 12-team playoff start? Is it 2025? Is that the first year of it? God, I thought it was 2024. Is it 2024? Okay. So even so, we'll even – yeah, you're right because this is the last year we'll have four teams. You're right. So a 10-win season with that schedule, you're talking about Nebraska being a, a, a possible playoff contender at that point. Wow. Yeah, I mean, with, possibly. With 12, with 12 teams and big wins like that, I mean, because you're going to see some two-loss teams in that in that playoff. There's no doubt about it. You're, yeah. I mean, you know, that's fair, Derek. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, a ten-win team. We're definitely in the conversation, right? I mean, I think there would be no doubt about it. I mean, so yeah, I I think that's interesting. I know, Derek, you were bringing this up before, but like, you know, obviously, I think Nebraska has a little bit of a comp uh, complex where we think the Big Ten is always out to get us. I, I mean, what is your take? Because the, the more I think about that schedule, it, it's 24-24 is a great schedule for us. I don't want to say easy, but it's a great schedule. 2025 is a borderline brutal schedule. Like, I mean, what, uh, what's your takeaway from that? All right, well, should we just move on to what we think of the rest of the schedules then? Because I'm going to go over some of these other schedules and people have sure. got some brutal, some brutal mm-hmm. teams. Yes. Uh, in, 20, in 2024, Illinois has to face Ohio State, Michigan State, USC, and Michigan. I mean, they have just as, a, a, just as brutal of a schedule in 24 as we have in 25. Yeah. So does Big Ten hate Illinois? No. Well, I think let's be I mean, cautious about putting Michigan State in the tough game category. I mean, they've been a perceived top team. I mean, they've hell, they've made the playoff. Nobody. I mean, they're only other Big Ten team that could say they've made the playoff. Uh, Northwestern uh, that same year has to play Ohio State, Penn State, and USC. Uh, Wisconsin that year has to play Michigan, USC, and Penn State. Like teams are going to play some tough schedules. It, it's just going to happen. There's too many tough teams in the Big Ten now. Yeah. And- so as, as far as far as people going out and saying all oh, the Big Ten's out to get Nebraska, it's a to me it's a bunch of crap. I mean. Even Iowa in 2025 has to play Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. Like, those are tough games for them. Yeah, when when the Big Ten went out and got USC and UCLA, one thing that they did not do is water down the competition. No. They definitely did not water it down. It just, no, and it's going to make I, I, for some extremely fun matchups down the road. One, one more team that got a really tough schedule in that 25 schedule was uh, USC. They're going to have to play, face Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. That's a tough schedule too. Like, if Wisconsin's actually what what everybody's consi- thinking they're going to be with Fickle. And you yeah. talked about you talked about UCLA in twenty twenty four, right? I didn't look. Too, I guess I must have missed their schedule. Yeah, because in twenty twenty four they have US they have USC, Ohio State, Michigan. I, I kind of looked overlooked USC for them because that was a protected rival. Yeah. And so I kind of overlooked that. Okay, so, so I mean that's fair though. That's yeah. tough. I mean that, that's what, that's what we're have at twenty twenty five. Yep. I, I, so so as far as people thinking that all oh, the Big Ten's out to get Nebraska, I I'm not I'm just not buying that at this point. Like so so we got a tough schedule. Look look here's the thing: we can either start playing these tough teams and playing them well, or we can stay where we're at and just 
hope for easy schedules. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a guy that sits here and goes, well, I just hope we play all the easy teams and we can get to 10 wins. I wanted an like, easy oh. schedule with Scott Frost because he couldn't win any games. That's what I wanted. I wanted a really easy schedule uh. there. So in 2024, the Big Ten is eliminating divisions. How do you guys feel about that? So there was like a little bit of speculation there that, you know, that we could go to like a pod system or – uh, what was it? A three six six type of scheduling, and we settled on the protected rivalries, I guess, uh, which aren't consistent. But how do you feel about eliminating divisions and doing what they they are? We'll talk about the specifics of the protected rivalries, but uh, what are your thoughts on that, Tyler? I mean, I I have been in favor of the divisions. I think divisions make sense. I am all for redoing the East-West. I don't think it necessarily needs to be geographic. I just think it it helps with rivalries. It helps with consistency. It helps with formatting to have a division. Uh, I think it gets really weird where it's just going to be like, at the end of the year, is it the two best record teams? And maybe it's an automatic rematch. Like, it just... I, I like the divisions and and that's just where my head is. Um, I, you could probably bring up a lot of points why the division system is broken even with a realignment, but no, I mean I think I mean I, I, I would say I am disappointed that the division is broken. It, it's just there's something about week eight. You can start previewing the Big Ten championship. You can start saying like, well, this is number one in the East. This is number one in the West. This is how it's going. This is a big game. The winner of this game gets a championship, uh, go to the Big Ten Championship. But it works that way with the top two, right? Because you have that many more it's contenders. A, it's just, it, but by definition, if you have more contenders, it is less definitive. And like if you increase the number of teams that could be in the competition at the end, by nature, you're, you're ruining the exclusive, like how many teams, like, there's only two or three that are actually going to have a shot at it. And and again, so I, I don't know. It is just a – it's a different format. Um, so I, I would have been in favor of establishing divisions. Uh, Derek, your thoughts on it? I, I Honestly, I was perfectly fine with getting rid of divisions. Uh, I, I don't know how you break them up unless you start doing like they did with the Legends and Leaders where you try, where you try so hard to split it up evenly. But it just didn't make sense, and then the the, the the East versus West just was so perceived. East was so much stronger, so I, I don't know how else you do divisions that was going to be any better. Uh, I was really in favor of the three six six. Everybody had the three protected rivalries, and you play the other twelve teams two years on and two years off. Uh, I, I loved that. I thought that was going to be great. Uh, instead, the Big Ten went an, an odd way, and I told you guys, I kind of showed my hand on this, but I'm, I'm a little confused on what the scheduling's going to even look like. I mean, we know what it looks like for 24 and 25, but what about the future? Like, I don't know if they're just leaving it open because they're expecting to add more teams by the time, you know, I mean, we're starting to hear about the Pac-12 falling apart. We're, ACC looked like it was falling apart there for a bit. So I don't know if they're just trying so hard to leave a door open for other teams or... I'm not sure what it was that they decided to go this route, but it was confusing, and I don't, I don't quite understand it. Uh, but the three six six, I thought would have been perfect. Yeah. So uh, Tyler, to the point about 
the way that the Big Ten will be announcing their uh, the championship game, it's going to be the top two teams with the best records in conference play. It's interesting that they have not released what the uh, what the tiebreakers are yet, because with that many teams, there's going to be some funky tiebreakers in there. That oh, there is. It, they were showing uh, situations of like teams that could go. Like you could have three undefeated teams in the Big Ten because they won't have played each other throughout the year. Oh, really? Was, in both years, yeah. And there were years that you had three or four undefeated teams. Now, it's probably not going to happen that way. We all understand that. But it's possible that it could happen. You know, I mean, so everyone think, everyone's just automatically assuming it's going to be uh, Michigan and Ohio State every year. And I'm not saying that can't happen or that it won't happen. But to just automatically assume USC can't make that or Wisconsin when they have one of their easier schedules can't make that or any of these other teams. Or Nebraska. For that matter. Yeah, Nebraska even. I mean, it's it's a possibility. I mean, as long as they're playing each other during the during the regular season, who knows what's going to happen? I I'm excited for the for that for that part of it. I just it's, it's I, been. I, I don't think it's going to be Ohio State and Michigan every year. I, I just don't. No, that's fair, Derek. I'm not saying that it's going to be them every year. I just think you know since '96, I have become accustomed to this division concept. That I mean, you look at. You know, I I was 10 years old when we went to the Big 12. Like, I I am accustomed to this division. You look at most, you know, other sports, uh, you know, like when you talk about... But let me ask you this, Tyler. Don't you think it would be more intriguing to see two of the best teams playing each other rather than seeing Ohio State grab whoever decided to win the West, like Northwestern? Who had an easy schedule that year and just happened to win most of their games? and and they played well. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, yeah, but I, mean, I sh- it was that was not an intriguing matchup. Like that 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 was a sure. garbage championship game. Sure, that that was a game that you would turn on in the first quarter, or you would be watching your phone to see if it's a game in the fourth quarter. I mean, it wasn't a marquee like must see appointment television. And it, and it could still it could still happen with Michigan and Ohio State. The last two years, the Michigan Ohio State game hasn't been exciting. Yeah, but it's always Michigan, appointment. Michigan TV. kind of ran away with it. But I it's, mean, but it's appointment TV. You, you're 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 blocking your calendar to watch that game i guess my, my my thing is this derek i know you are a very much a uh anti the loser of the big 10 championship championship game making playoffs that is the, I, I don't love that but it's possible it, well, it, it, i mean it's it's a lock right i mean that that's going to be the future like i mean that you well, you're you gonna have put, the number put, two team what do some you, rule you could put some rules in place to avoid. Are, that, are you? But. I mean, but but like, okay. So the Big Ten, we go to the twelve team playoff. You would think it is a virtual lock. We're going to get at least two teams every year, minimum, right? Like that. That yeah. would be. So, okay. So you play this out. You go to the playoffs. You have the top two teams in the the Big Ten. They play each other. That number two team loses. Does the number three team jump them? Possibly. No. If they, that possibly would be ridiculous. That should, it shouldn't. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let me let me let me give you this scenario. So if that number two team was got in there by a tiebreaker, why wouldn't the the other team that tied them get in instead of them? If if, if all they got into the championship game was a technicality, they had the same record. Why wouldn't you put that other team in there? I think at that point you're playing for seeds. Once you play the conference championship game, it's all for seeds in the playoffs. I would agree. So I, I I would tend to agree with that. So then what? I guess then what's the even. 
And I love conference championships. If you two are completely right on that, then let's eliminate championship games because they've become null and void and they mean nothing. No, they do mean something because it's all about seeding at that point. It's all about seeding in the, the playoff. And in your scenario, if, if it was that close, Derek, I mean, there's a good chance with 12 playoff teams that that third team that was this close on a technicality, they're probably going to get a slot anyway. But but So you were better off just not even playing that championship game. Well, I mean, yeah, so that's the you point. You were going to get in anyway. Exactly right. So, again, it's just a and, – and, and does divisions fix that issue? Probably not. I mean, that's my one of my downturns on the whole 12-team playoff. But Derek, there is incentive to play for it because you're playing for a bye week. You're playing for a bye week at that point. That's 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 your incentive. And the if winner you lose of the Big it, Ten. Yeah, you're, 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 it sucks. It's going to suck. But if you win it, you get you get an automatic bye. And in and, and this system is for sure right. Like it, you could have argued that in the divisional stand that it may not have been a guarantee that the winner gets it to buy. But this will be guaranteed every year. Division, you're getting to buy. You're probably one or two seed. Like that. That is going to be how it plays out. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. There's just something sentimental about missing. The divisions are going away. And also, it's also kind of weird, like, to Derek's point, like, who are we playing in 2026? Like, we just going to throw darts? Like, I don't know. I don't love. Well, you know, the Big Ten's always had schedules out for 10 years. I mean, so you could go out 10 years from now and look at the schedule. And you you just can't do that right now. That's because we don't know who the teams are going to be in three years. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, even when you went back to the Big 12, you always knew what our schedule was going to be. Okay? What it was going to look like because it was always two years on and two years off yeah. with, the, with those teams. So you always knew what it was going to look like. And and now I guess I, you're just always going to be intrigued what the schedule is going to look like because we're not going to schedule more in three years in advance because God knows who's going to be in the conference in three years. I mean, it doesn't bother me that we don't know who we're playing in 2026. No, because I mean, after it, tonight, it's, it's I'm going to forget a, who we play in 2024. Okay, well, you know what? It's it's not a huge deal. I'm not making it try and make it be a huge deal. But, but I'll t- tell you what, well, we just, just got it's though, just different. We just got an annual podcast to put out because every year that schedule is going to come out and it's <laughs> yeah. going to be content for us. More so. material. So let, let's get into these protected rivals. All right. So these protected rivalries. So. Uh, there's no consistency, as we've mentioned. Uh, some teams have up to three protected rivals. Some two, some one. Some even none. <laughs> no protected rivals. Derek, talk to us about these protected rivals. All right. So, I, as you mentioned, I, Iowa has is the only team with three. Uh, I don't know quite how Iowa pulled that off. But they get uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Minnesota. Uh there's there's plenty of teams with two and plenty with one, and Penn State. How, how did Penn State? Just, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't want a rival. Maybe I, I I don't know. But it just feels like Penn State's been like the redheaded stepchild of the Big Ten since they came. It clear back in the nineties. Like it always seems like they're getting left out. So I have an honest question here. Does Penn State have a rival in the Big Ten? I don't know. I, I I can't tell you who their rival is. So can we really? park on that right there? I, I I want I want I want to go back. I think for our listeners, um, I think it's important to provide the context in case you haven't seen. These are the eleven the the, the protected rivals. I know Derek hit the like how the teams rank, but it's Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, 
Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, USC, uh, UCLA, and Maryland, Rutgers. When I look at the 11 games, there's two that I'm like, are they really rivalries? And it's Mar- and Maryland Rutgers had to be one of them. And Maryland Rutgers is definitely one of them. And the other one is a little bit on the Illinois Purdue. Like I was like, I I kind of thought that was a rivalry, but like that's a protected one. That was kind of weird to me. <laughs> so I say that to say well, one thing I appreciate yeah. about what the Big Ten did here. And I, before we get into shit on them, they did force rivalries because. You, we remember the has the speculation going back a few weeks. We thought like, are they going to make Nebraska a protected rival with, uh, or a rival with USC or UCLA? UCLA? Yeah. And it's like, why are they forcing it? And 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 to your point, Justin, where where I said park there, like, who is Penn State's real rival? Like, you could say it's Ohio State or a Michigan, but like, I don't really ever besides them being good. And just having that competitive, like, they're two good teams that play each other. Like, I've never really felt that was a true rivalry. Not not the the same situation as an Iowa-Minnesota, like, or a Michigan-Ohio State or Michigan-Michigan State. So I do appreciate that the Big Ten, just to make it even and fair, didn't force a bunch of bullshit rivalries down her throat. Like... It's like when we joined the Big Ten, they tried to make Nebraska and Penn State a protected rivalry. Yeah, or like, I mean, what would they have done with Maryland? Besides Rutgers, which again, arguably, if that even makes sense, like, who would they have said is Maryland's protected rival? Like, other ones. Like, so I do appreciate that the Big Ten did just shove this down just to have equality. Uh, So I I guess that's kind of my positive. On the flip side, though, is there could have been a little bit more even. There is no reason why Iowa needed three. Like, couldn't you have like broken the range down to like either three to one or two to zero? Like, did they have to go three? That's a big freaking gap. Well, they have four every year because they have to play Iowa State too. Yeah. <laughs> so, honest question: If you're an Iowa fan, and God thank bless you that neither of you two are. Like every night you go to bed, you thank God that you're not an Iowa fan. I know that's true. <laughs> Would you be happy with having four rivals every year that you know you're going to play? If I was an Iowa fan, I would probably like these rivals. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota. I think those are three games that I would like to play. So so as Nebraska fans, let let me ask you guys this. Which rivalry would you have rather kept if we could have got a second one? Would it have been Minnesota or Wisconsin? I'd take Minnesota. I would take Wisconsin. See, I think that's the way most people would go is Wisconsin. But I'm with Justin. Like I, I like the the Minnesota rivalry. Like I, I've really grown to like this rivalry. The, the fans on Twitter, we go back. They go back and forth. Uh, they got the broken bits of chair or whatever the hell that stupid trophy is. Uh, it's but it's become fun. Like that, that rivalry has become fun to me. Well, it's Wisconsin, fun because Wisconsin's of PJ Fleck, fun, right? It's fun well, because well, of that, PJ Fleck. That and it's been a fairly even match. I like, got. Yeah. We've won some. They've won some. Wisconsin's not even a rivalry to me because they've just whooped our ass, and it's yeah. not a rivalry. But don't you want to like see the tides turn? I, we'll, we'll see. I we'll see them like you know two times out of every four years. That's fine. We don't need to see them every year. I mean, I just it, it seems like I want a little bit of payback. I wish we would have kept one of those two, and and I, and I lean, I lean towards Wisconsin. I I do think there was a avenue to keep another one of those. But again, then that gets a little bit more complex, and you're kind of pigeonholing it. And I, 
And I think for just overall league, like, while I kind of bitch about the schedule bouncing around, it's cool that we get to play a wide variety of teams every single year. I, I agree. I, I want to play the different teams. I don't, I don't want to play the same teams every year. It, like, Iowa's great. Like, when we get that rivalry, that's great. Because that, that's become a true rivalry. As much as I hate to admit that, because, you know, it was forced down our throats when we f- first came to the Big Ten. It, 100%. That was going to be your rival. And I was like, no, nah, that that's not going to be our rival. But but it really has become. Yep, 100% it is. And, and again, I... I I will say this, like, and and the Big Ten had to do something with protected rivals, and and it, and obviously Michigan Ohio State is the re- number one reason, but there are a lot of other big games like they couldn't have just said, yeah, we're not going to play uh, Wisconsin Minnesota every year, um, you know, they, they had to look at some things and uh, you know address that, and you know Michigan Michigan State they had to address that, like, so they had to do something in this regard. Uh, but I, I do appreciate they didn't just shove a bunch of random rivals down our throat. I just could, could you have made a, a little bit tinier of a runway here? Yeah, a little bit more consistency. Just, yeah, well, I mean, and and then the other thing with Iowa, like even I don't know, kind of talk shit about Nebraska. Like when you talk about the haves and have-nots, like Nebraska, Minnesota, and uh, Wisconsin are kind of on that cusp. They we could kind of go either way to. And they're playing Iowa State. Like, I kind of feel like their schedule is, and again, I'm kind of talking shit about Nebraska here, so if you're an Iowa fan listening, like, do that. But I kind of feel like it sets up for them to be in a conversation probably more routinely than some of the other teams where, you know, you don't have to worry about potentially playing Michigan, Ohio State, USC, and Penn State the same year because you kind of have protected yourself a little bit with some of the other games. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to still talk about some scheduling stuff. We're going to go back to this current year, 2023, and we're going to look at Big Ten matchups. Uh, we're going to look at the m- top five most intriguing out-of-conference games for the Big Ten. Uh, Tanner, what are your top five? Just to clarify, this is non-conference, right? This is non-conference. Right, just make sure I heard that right. So number five. Uh, on my list is Minnesota at UNC. Number four, Penn State versus West Virginia. I believe it's at West Virginia, but I don't know if I wrote that down right, so I'm going to call it versus. Uh, number three, Washington at Michigan State. Number two, Nebraska at Colorado. And with my number one pick, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Okay. I didn't really. I'll give context, I guess, later. But yeah, that that's my list. Okay, uh, Derek, go ahead. Your top five. All right. Well, first off, I'm going to say you guys are going to hammer me for mine. I'm okay with it. Uh, but for, before I get into mine, I just want to give a little bit of credit to Purdue, who scheduled two Power Five teams, and Michigan scheduled zero. So shame on them. Uh, so my number five was Wisconsin at Washington State. Uh, I think that's okay. We'll get into that part later. Uh, number four, I had Ohio Wait, I'm State sorry. at Notre Dame. Your, your number five was what? Or Wisconsin at Washington State. Okay. And then number four was Ohio State at Notre Dame. Number three, I got Minnesota at North Carolina. Uh, 
Number two, this one's kind of cheesy, but I'm a Nebraska fan, so I'm going to put it in there. I had Nebraska at Colorado. It's, a, it's the old rivalry. And then number one, Justin, you're going to hate me for it, but it's Illinois at Kansas. I can't find two more evenly matched teams than what Illinois and Kansas are. So out of every out-of-conference game that you have, that is going to be your number one. If you can only watch one out-of-conference game, that's the game that you're going with. I, I think it'll be one of the best games, yes. Ohio State's already 80% chance of winning that game, almost 10-point favorites. Like I, That game doesn't intrigue me that much. We've seen it last year. So, Derek, I, yeah, you're right. We are going to hammer you. So my question to you is, do you think Kansas is going to be what Kansas was last year? I think there's a possibility. I like Lance Leipold. I think he's a good coach. Like, okay, so gun your head. Illinois, Kansas. Over, under, seven wins for both those teams. All right, tell me who wins that game. Illinois. Under your head, who wins that game? Illinois. All right, if they, if they lose, you're getting shot. Now, <laughs> now do the same thing for Ohio State and Notre Dame. I bet you feel a lot more comfortable saying Ohio State in that. Well, okay, fine. But that doesn't necessarily make it an intriguing game because it could be close. Sure it does. I want to see a close game. I don't want to see a blowout. Well, go watch two middle school teams play. Like, I mean, they, I'm sure they could have some close games. Like, Go watch women's te- basketball. Yeah. yeah you, can't, you can't just sit here and go, well, just the national game. Just the national contenders are the only intriguing matchups. Or I just will watch five teams the whole year. Well, the, the, there's the, – I mean, I, I, I got to hear – I just – I, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just want to be an Ohio State fan. Just w- watch all the Ohio State games because they're more intriguing because they have more national so, implications. All right, so I'll give my top five, but Derek, I will say that your number one made my list of four honorable mentions. It did make an honorable mention. I had four of them. So Illinois, Kansas was my honorable mention. So my number five team is Wisconsin, Washington State. Number four, Michigan State at Washington. Uh, three, Minnesota at North Carolina. Two, Homer pick, but Nebraska at Colorado. Uh, and then of course Ohio State Notre Dame. I mean, I, I didn't think I thought we would be unanimous in Ohio State as Notre Dame as the number one most intriguing because that is the only marquee game out of this out of conference schedule in the Big Ten. One hundred percent. Ninety nine people out of one hundred would take Ohio State Notre Dame. As the most intriguing matchup in 2023. And, and, and I would have opinion, bet my left nut on it. Apparently, in, you would have left my left nut. In, in my opinion, everybody's turned that game off at halftime. You think so? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, but like, okay, so Notre Dame, you're, you're right. Ohio State might be a better team. They may win this game. But in 2023, and I know this is still way too early, but what do you see Notre Dame? Like, I mean, you think they're a top 15 team? Top 20? Top 20. Okay. But, so, I mean, you have two of the 20 best teams in the country going head-to-head. Tell me the other matchup that's going to happen in. There is no other matchup in the Big Ten that that's happening. Yeah. I'd... Well, my, my, my intrigue is a game that I think is going to be from good from start to finish. I get it. But, but then, then, if that's the case, then Ohio State probably has no other intriguing game besides Michigan on their schedule. Because they're going to house right. everyone the whole year. 
besides potentially Michigan. You're probably right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so to, 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 to Tyler's so point, I, it's, 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 so, it's so. To your point, I'm probably not dialed into a lot of Ohio State games. But you besides, know, I mean, besides Ohio State, besides the Notre Dame and Michigan games, I'm probably not dialing in much. Ohio State Notre Dame is probably the only ranked matchup I, in out of conference. Unless I I'm watching the ticker and all of a sudden I see Ohio State's getting upset. That's the only way I'm probably turning to one of their games. No, you're going to be watching because you're going to bet that game. So you'll be dialed in the entire time. I, I, I mean, know but, you. But, but there are storylines. I mean, I think when, when you look at that, uh, when, when you look at the Notre Dame, I mean, obviously there's a lot of speculation. Will Notre Dame join the Big Ten? You obviously have the historical implications of this. You have that this is probably one of the two or three toughest games that Ohio State will have all year. And this is easily uh, Notre Dame's toughest game of the year. I, I just... I mean, I, I know you have it fourth, so it's not like you completely ignored it. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little bit, a uh, little bit shocked. I mean, not. Yeah, I, I don't get it. We all had uh, Nebraska, Colorado, number two, though. Yeah, I mean that is going to be an entertaining game. Uh, hey, look, there's going to be a lot a, of buildup for that. It's going to be it's fun. Still, it's still the big rival. Colorado will be a rival for us, to me, in my opinion, forever. For one, for two, you already have this uh, Twitter created beef between uh, Deion Sanders and Matt Rule. Well, which I don't know if there's real beef there or not, but it's a fun storyline. Uh, I just, but isn't there like a little bit bigger implications? Like, if you if you're Matt Rule and you lose that game to Colorado, like, isn't that like an immediate kind of big blow to your like start like you lose to minnesota week one okay people will get over it you know pj fuck's a good coach he's established he's got a heads up colorado just turned over 50 players i mean they, they, they these coaches feel like they have different philosophies how they're building programs and then vice versa if you're dion and all the shit you've talked like about this i mean did you hear his latest quote like He's like, I don't want to be shot. I'll, I prefer to shoot. Like, I saw that going around Twitter. Like, no, I did not see that. It's basically Scott I didn't Frost. See that. I, I, you know, he, he's Scott Frost 2.0. I hope the, the, the they don't have to change for us. We they change or we don't have to change for them. They change for us. Like, uh, we have to modify their system for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, what whatever that quote was. Like, I don't. I did, I did see his quote. Of, I don't even know who Pat Narduzzi is. That's pretty funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. I don't but, know who Pat Narduzzi is either, so I don't really don't feel Pitt? Never never heard of him. I can't tell if you're being a smart ass right now or not. <laughs> I mean it's plausible. It's a poker face. It's, it's plausible. We, we've but, talked about him on the podcast before yep. when he was talking shit about Matt uh what Mark was his Whipple. name? Mark Whipple. So so kinda of going through the list, did we all have Washington at Michigan State? I did not have that one. Yeah. I, it was one of my honorable mentions. Like it, it, it was probably it was close to making it. Yeah, that was my like number a, four. It was just it was, was just another three. game. I, I think I think Michigan State lost a little too much this year, and I'm That's afraid fair. that I'm afraid that Washington's going to run away with that game. Uh, Minnesota, North Carolina, we all had that one right. Yep. That yeah, that one absolutely. I, I love that matchup. I think it's going to be a fun. So game. so I guess the ju- that, difference that between almost, Justin that that almost made my number one. So the difference between Justin and uh, um. Mine was Penn State at West Virginia. 
and uh, yeah, and, and I, I didn't even at, have that as an honorable that, mention. I did not I even that have game, that. I had no, <laughs> I had no interest in even watching that game. I don't think. I don't. I'll, know if that, pro- I don't I, I'll probably watch it because it'll probably be like a Thursday night game or whatever. Whatever it's going to end up being, it's the first week. I know that, so I'll be watching a lot of football that first week anyway. But I just, I, I don't know. I just, what's West Virginia? They haven't been good lately. They haven't really been good since they lost all. Was this Holgren or the uh, Houston coach? What's his Dana name? Holgerson. There he's in. There you go. Uh, so they really haven't even been decent since they've lost him. So I, I don't know if if Penn State struggles against them. I think they're twelve point favorites in that game. If they if they struggle in that game, you kind of start wondering about James Franklin and what he where his his uh, tenure is at Penn State. That's there. fair. So that's fair. I, do you guys want to talk about honorable mentions here? I mean, I just these, sure. here's some other things that were top five, but I think these are kind of mildly interesting. Illinois, Kansas, they're in there. We already talked about that. But There's Indiana, Louisville, I'm kind of intrigued by that because I want to see what I did almost right. I want to see what now. Tom Allen is going to finally do. Is he? Is this guy done what? in the Big Ten? Not just, not just that, but Jeff, Jeff Brom coming back. Jeff Brom, yeah. His, one of his first games in the, as a new coach at Louisville is coming straight back to the Big Ten. Yep. There's familiarity there, but that one kind of uh, mildly intrigues me. I wrote down Maryland, Virginia, because I want to see if Maryland's for real. I, I want to see if they're for real coming off the of last season. Not that they had a spectacular season, but they exceeded everybody's expectations. I mean, I'm sure they exceeded oh, the expectations of Maryland fans. Yeah, so fair. that one's mildly intriguing. The last one is, is, is Purdue and Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, Purdue, they're going out there. They're actually scheduling some people, and... Uh, I, I want to see what they do. They scheduled them and Syracuse. I'm kind of, I'm almost intrigued by either one of those matchups. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll throw out another one. Is you kind of hit a couple of my honorable mentions, but uh, my, my the only other one that hasn't been mentioned is Vatek at Rutgers. Um, again, <laughs> I, again, I think I think that that's gonna be. I don't, I don't okay. know. Who, I don't know who Virginia Tech's uh, coach is, but if. They lose to Rutgers. He's probably in trouble. Is is in twenty? I mean, again, we'll we'll spend time on this, but do, I mean, you guys are. I mean, you said Purdue. Like, do you really think Purdue is that much of a team up as Rutgers? Like, I mean, yeah. I need to look at. I I think they're probably pretty I equivalent mean, teams. Losing Aiden O'Connell is going to be a big deal for Rutgers or Purdue. I mean, losing Jeff Brom is going to be a big deal for Purdue. Like there, there is some big losses. We don't. We I'm don't sorry, Noah Vedral leaving Rutgers. I think he's finally gone. I don't know. I mean, it's been 18 years he's been there, but like he's got I got a ninth year of eligibility. I don't but think that's going to hurt him that much. But they got they got Ryan Walters. We'll we'll see what kind of coach he is. I know you're high on him. I I, I love him as a DC. I mean, I, we'll see what he does as a head coach. I I just think I don't buy that he's going to keep a passing game. I don't buy that. I just I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, I, I know at one point he mentioned that he would like to keep throwing the ball all over the field. But as a defensive-minded guy, that's not how you want to do things. All right, so to move on, we're going to do one last scheduling piece for 2023. And this is going to be the top five most intriguing Big Ten crossovers. This was uh, really difficult, actually. Uh, it was it was extremely difficult. So, Derek, we'll start there... with you. Set the all standard. Right. All right, so I... I... I went with Penn State at Illinois for number five because I, I think Illinois is going to be a good team this year. 
We're going to find out about Penn State pretty fast. It's early on. Number four, I had Iowa at Penn State. Number three, I had Minnesota at Ohio State. Number two, I had Michigan at Minnesota. And number one, I had Ohio State and Wisconsin. I'm trying to mark these down, and you screwed me up here. What was your number three? I'm sorry. Minnesota at Ohio State. Okay. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, so my number five is Iowa at Penn State. Uh, my number four is Minnesota at Michigan. Uh, my number three is Minnesota at Ohio State. My number two is Michigan at Nebraska. And my number one is Ohio State at Wisconsin. Okay. Really, we weren't too different other than you have Michigan and Nebraska in there. I think it was a big-time game. The Bussin' Bowl, baby. All right. Just, I, I'm scared for that game. I, I'm afraid we're going to get our asses kicked. So my top five most intriguing crossovers. Number five, Purdue at Michigan. Four, Ohio State at Purdue. Three, Michigan at Minnesota. Two, Iowa at Penn State. And number one is Ohio State at Wisconsin. Are we all have the same number yeah. one? You got two two Purdue. Yeah, what the here? hell, dude? And you mentioned Purdue in your wild card. Like, Purdue's Intriguing. a four-win. Purdue is a four-win team. Purdue is a... They're the most interesting team in the Big Ten. To you, they apparently are. Apparently, you're going to be watching a lot of Purdue games, and I apologize for your well, Saturdays. That, that's okay, because I'm apparently a lot higher on Illinois than you guys are. So, so I mean, so I'm, let, let's... I'm so higher Ohio on State Illinois State than Purdue. Purdue. Ohio State at Purdue. So, Purdue's beat Ohio State before. Ohio State going on the road. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's be real here. It's not like I have them high up. <laughs> this was a tough exercise. It, so, being at number four... They, they don't exactly have Rondell Moore anymore. Yeah, but... Purdue at Michigan, that was just kind of rounding it out. Uh, But but you're right. I mean, and here's the problem with divisions: is you're sitting here looking at the cross divisions, you're going, so so what do you do? You look at the top teams because you'll see the top teams play each other, right? And I'm looking at who Ohio State's playing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not concerned too much about who them losing to anybody for crossovers. I looked at Penn State. I mean, they have a couple that maybe they could. Be in tight games can, with Derek. Can I ask you a uh, question? It, I'm, I'm and then Michigan. Michigan. I just I, I think Michigan's got one of the easiest schedules for being a Big Ten East team. They have probably the easiest schedule you could possibly have and the clearest path to a playoff. Because if they can get past Ohio State again, they're they're, they're automatically in because there's nobody else is going to do anything against them. You watch your damn mouth. The Huskers are coming for them. But but Derek, a more important question is. Do you think Wisconsin is that much better than Notre Dame? Because Ohio State Wisconsin was your number one, <laughs> but like I mean, I'm I'm kind of sitting there saying, man, I think Notre Dame might be a little bit better than Wisconsin in 2023, and Got you it. just you just shit all over that game. <laughs> I'm not shitting on that game. I just I'm just not sold. I, I don't I don't know that I like. Uh... Why do you hate Catholics so much? Well, we won't get into that. That's a but, long episode. We don't. Have uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we don't we don't need that R rating. Yeah. Um, no, but here's the thing. Like like Wisconsin intrigues me with the new coach, like Luke Fickle and what he's going to do intrigues me. Notre Dame's got what Marcus Freeman is that his yes, name? And yeah. he's year and two. I don't, I don't. 
He's in year two, and he wasn't that great last year. I don't know that I expect him to be he that He started out year. rough, but he finished strong. Yeah, I think I think the Marcus Freeman I, – I like Marcus Freeman as a head yeah. coach. I, I am I am a I, – I don't know if he'll – He's got, he's got a little more to prove. He's got a little more to prove to me before I jump on board. I, I just – So he started, what, 0-3 last year, and he finished – 8-4. Nine and four, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good finish. I, I just yeah, great. Didn't, didn't they lose? Didn't they lose to like Marshall? Yeah, early in the season. Yeah, it was a brutal start. It was a brutal start. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I, I just, I, you know, I, I want to throw another one back, kind of going back to it. But the, the other only honorable mention that I think I wrote down that hasn't been mentioned was Northwestern at Purdue at Rutgers and Serious? Well, it's kind of the, the it, bottom it, feeder versus the bottom it, feeder. It's kind it's of the Derek uh, Illinois uh, Kansas argument, right? Like it's like I think that could be a really competitive game, and the loser. Although, although I don't think Illinois and Kansas are bottom feeders. But, at this but point. can I say so? That's the first game of the season for both of them. You're you're, you're right. They're both they're not bottom feeders. But the the reason why it's intriguing to me, and I almost had it in my top five. I really almost did. I I was a last minute scratch. Is the loser of that game? Does that coach get Scott Frost? Like, if Greg Shiano loses week one, does, do they... I mean, I don't think they're going to fire Fitzpatrick so early, but, like, if Shiano loses... Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. <laughs> wrong Irishman. The butcher. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Wrong Irishman. But, like, they're, they're, they're not going to fire Fitzgerald that early, but his seat immediately gets nuclear. If Shiano loses against Rutgers week one... Year four, like is that a little bit like on the hussy? Uh, if Shiano loses to Rutgers, we got a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> if if Shiano loses to Northwestern, year four, how, I, is I, he I, is he headed into year four already? Is that is that true? Let me just fact check this, but yeah, because his first year was, I think. 20, I mean, I mean obviously, maybe, maybe it is. It's just time flies when you're old, I guess. Let me make sure I got that right. But no, I yeah, mean, this I, I don't think. For it. Yeah, his record I don't was, think anybody's at Jeopardy. In, in, in 2020, he went 3 and 6. 2021, he went 5 and 8. 2022, he went 4 and 8. He's three years in, has not made a bowl. You lose against Rutgers who, or Northwestern. Who you perceive as one of the worst teams out of the West, right out the If gate. he was at Nebraska, fans like you would be saying, "Oh yeah, he's close. He's close." He depends, hey, it depends if it's a close game. I'll, I'll give him some credit. He had a great defense last year. I, His defense was was one of the top defenses in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I'm just I again maybe maybe and they played they played in a tough division. Divisions are going away. The schedule won't get any easier. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just I I just think the loser of that game. The the immediate storyline the Monday after is that guy joins Tom Allen as the hottest seat in the Big Ten. So yeah, maybe I mean, I'm premature by saying someone's going to get fired. I think those seats get nuclear if they lose that game. I just don't know. I I, I can't see Shiano going anywhere anytime soon. I, it's not like Rutgers has fans. But, I mean, <laughs> high expectations. He's probably already won more games than all the other coaches after three years. I so, mean, so the question is with that then is like, so he can never make a bowl game, right? So like you guys are saying, like what year does no, I think he Shiano act, will make a bowl game? But when? If he loses but, Northwestern, it won't be this year. Maybe. Could be. I don't know. You think you're losing Northwestern making a bowl? 
Greg Schiano. The Greg Schiano magic. <laughs> I'm not right about much, but from day one, I was not as high on that hire as you two. And, hey, you and, know what, though? He's, he's, he's probably done as well at Ruggers in his first three years than any other coach would have. In, in that division, probably. Yeah. I mean, that's... You're playing Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan every single year. He's not going to have to play all three of those teams every single year headed down the road. It'll... Yeah, he, he gets to swap one of them for USC. <laughs> <laughs> On the road? Yeah. Hey, I think Chris Ash made a bowl game in his time at Rutgers. Am I wrong on that? I don't know. Chris no, Ash no, Chris Ash was pretty pathetic. But... <laughs> Two, two and ten, four and eight, one and eleven, and one and four, and got fired. So Greg Schiano has five more victories than Chris Ash. Yeah, he's a stud. Gives him a couple extra years at Rutgers. No, I mean I, I don't know. I mean I, I see what you're saying about uh, uh, Pat Fitzgerald because the last couple of years have not been kind to him, and uh, things are just not looking great. Who knows how long those Northwestern fans uh, care, but are there Northwestern fans enough to care to yeah, I mean, uh, push I, I, him yeah. out, you know? I, and, and there's a there's a problem with that because I know, I mean, not like I know a lot of Northwestern fans, but I, I think Northwestern fans generally love Pat Fitzgerald. He's I, a likable guy. He yeah. is, and, and he's done a lot of great things for North, yeah, I mean, Northwestern. He, I mean, so it's, it's going to be hard to drive him out of there, but at some point, you can't keep having one in 11 seasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It, it really appears that losing that defensive coordinator, uh, I, I can never remember his name, but lo- uh, losing him has yeah. really been really been tough for him because they've struggled mightily since he has left. I, I, and again, I'll, I'll just say this on the last note on that. The, the, fa- the, the fact that you guys didn't have Michigan and Nebraska in that, I, mean, I had them get, as an honorable mention. That, I had them as is, honorable mention. That, that would have been my number be, six. I did not. That is going to be a fun game. I, 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 I am convinced it will be a night game. I'm convinced that it will be Memorial Stadium 2.0. We all saw that last year. Again, if Matt Rule is what he's supposed to be, like, you know, this is a game that should be a game. Can, can I mention something here? I was listening to the Husker Online show with uh, Sean Callahan and uh, Steve Sipple. They were doing their... Uh, like top storylines and simple. Everybody loves simple, right? Turtle optimist, big Homer, but right. he's talking about Jeff Sims and he's talking about him, uh, as being a better passer than Lamar Jackson. And Sean Callahan kind of challenges him and says, it's like, it's like, wait, wait. It's like, are you talking about the Heisman trophy? Winning quarterback from Louisville? who's now in the NFL. It's like, yeah, it's like, Simple's like talking like Jeff Sims is a more polished passer than Lamar Jackson. So my question to you guys on that is that a more Homer stance on Jeff Fucking Sims? A, it's a Homer stance. Okay, or or I don't need to is, hear it. Or <laughs> or is it more slander against Lamar Jackson? No, it's a Homer stance. It's a Homer okay. stance. Because, because I'll like tell you, like people. I listen to a lot of crap on sports radio, and the hatred. But the the no respect Lamar Jackson gets is just unbelievable to me. It really is. It really is. Like, and like everybody hopes that Jeff Sims is, if he turns out to be Lamar even, Jackson, 
Yeah, even like 75% of Lamar Jackson, we're going to win a lot of games. We're we're winning a national championship this year if he's as good as Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson, yeah. I mean, we're, we're at least we're at least playoff contenders. I mean, if he if he is as good a passer as Lamar Jackson, which obviously isn't his strength, and he is a what we perceive him as a runner, like, I mean, Uh-oh. nine game nine Uh-oh. games is a hundred percent on the board, right? Like Tyler Schaefer says, Lamar Jackson should be a running back. I, I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. I said Lamar Jackson is one of the three best running quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, and. Who are the other two? Michael Vick and uh, your boy in Baylor, uh, RG3. What about uh, Manziel, Johnny Manziel? No. And, 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 obviously, and obviously I'd probably put like Tommy Frazier, Eric Crouch in the, those categories, but they didn't yeah. go oh, to sure, the NFL. Sure, sure. So, But like guys that actually got a well, shot in the NFL. Well, they weren't passers. Because well, yeah. they weren't passers, period. I mean, they, they just, didn't have anything. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, Lamar Jackson and Mike Vick. I mean, they 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 could throw the ball. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But the, the, those yes, they be were the good three. running quarterbacks, but they could throw the ball. Yeah, I I, I never cared about uh, Louisville until like Lamar Jackson was there. I didn't and even they, know. I didn't even know Louisville had a team until Lamar Jackson. came They on. were like and, must and, watch and beat TV. Florida State like sixty-two to yeah. thirteen, whatever it was. It was just amazing because that was back when. Jimbo Fisher was still at Florida State, and they were still actually pretty good. Yeah, so quarterbacks can make teams very intriguing to watch because, like uh, Texas A and M, you know, I, I live here in Texas, obviously, but uh, you know, when Johnny Manziel was down here, I mean, I was watching a lot of Texas A and M just because Johnny Manziel was so freaking fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he, he was again. completely unlikable, completely unlikable, but fun to watch. His unlikability. Just he, he still to this day lives off one win, and that was they beat Alabama 100%. one year. His yeah. unlikability was there. There's never been an athlete that you like. These guys are in uniform, like you don't know anything about them, and you could just sense the douchebag. <laughs> you could just sense it. The way that play. he scrambled is like yep, that, that guy's a douche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he made Baker Mayfield look like. A oh saint. yeah, yeah. Wait, Justin, didn't we get some questions on Twitter? Oh. Let me check. Hey, so the first one is a question I want to ask Derek because uh, I think he might know. Uh, the first question is, how much money can one person actually lose over a long weekend at Lone Star Park? Never been to Lone Star Park. You've never sure been to Lone Star Park? What? We never went when no. you were here? No. You didn't oh. like horse racing back then. You used to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. But 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 I'm assuming it's a lot. I. It depends on how much you want to bet, but I, I'm assuming you can lose a lot of money pretty fast there. Yeah. All right. Like so any other horse track. Jim in Minnesota says, Tyler, this is for you. Do you think the Big Ten is ready for the arrogance of USC in a year? Hundred percent. I mean, if there's one thing the Big Ten is equipped for, is overly arrogant fans. Like, I mean, I mean, Nebraska fans. Come on, have you uh, met us? <laughs> like, when we came to the Big Ten, like that, that was pretty good arrogance. Have, there. I, have I you lie. have you gotten on Twitter after Michigan beats Ohio State? Like, I mean, it's it just it's the Big Ten is a hundred percent ready for like 
overly entitled fan bases. I mean, have you talked about Iowa? Like, I mean, God, Iowa thinks they, they, they deserve to be enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame for winning nine games a year. Like, like they're a blue blood I, program. I will, like, I, will say, I will say this. I do believe that USC is going to struggle in the Big Ten. I See, I don't. I'm on a different stance on that, Derek. I, I think Lincoln Riley is one of the five best coaches. Like, it, I, 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 He's a great quarterback whisperer, and he's a great offensive mind, but he doesn't play defense, and that doesn't work well in the Big Ohio Ten. Ohio State. Generally speaking. No, Ohio State is that model, right? Ohio State has not been a good defensive team for half, the last half decade. Yeah, but even their bad defenses are better than what Lincoln Riley puts out. Too bit determined on that. So we'll I find out. So I don't know no, a I, lot I, about USC fan base. Are they considered arrogant? I don't know. I, again, I, I don't follow any USC fans. I don't see a lot of their. I, I'm not on Twitter the way a lot of people are, so I don't follow I, so, that kind of stuff. But I maybe they are. I mean, they're Californians. They so, got to be arrogant a little bit. Like so in their blood. So what I will say is this: I, I don't know it. If so, Nebraska arrogant fans, we are a team that we could go three and nine and talk about how we're the best three and nine team of all time and bring <laughs> up the 90s in the same breath. USC fans are a front running arrogant fan base where if they go three and nine, you will not hear a peep from them because they're going to be on the beach having a great yeah. time. But if they get to any level of success, then you start hearing about all the greats, which really sucks for them. It kind of sucks for Nebraska, too, a similar situation, because their great is O.J. Simpson. Like, that's the guy they would love to hang their hat on, and they just get like, damn it, can't talk about the murder. And, and like, that, that's a little bit of I mean, issue. if that's what you want to throw out, I mean. But, like, but, but no, but USC fans, do you remember the Reggie Bush days? Yeah. Like, that was awful. Like, if Twitter was around back then, that would have been unbearable. Like, I remember people in Nebraska were were wearing USC shit back then. Like, and Caleb Williams, man, he he's hot. Like, he's, I mean, he he. he <laughs> wait, 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 whoa, 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 what? Tyler's hot, hot in talent, bar, hot in talent. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> he's red hot. Red hot would have been a better. Description of him. I'm sure he's a good-looking guy. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, no judgment. But. Yeah. So I don't know. This might be a little slightly just to build off that. Who are the most arrogant fans in the Big Ten? Is it Nebraska? I think this is something that, that Jeffrey the Greek could really comment on. I mean, he's really dialed into all the fan bases in the I, Big Ten. I will tell you, Iowa's got quite quite a few arrogant fans as well. Minnesota does kind yeah, of Yeah, Minnesota, too. sneaky. Sneaky pick there, Derek. They, they do have a lot of shit talkers. I mean, I, I look Ohio, at... Ohio State fans. Ohio State, and, Michigan. And, and, it's, it's rightful. I mean, they are what they are. They're great. But... There's a lot of arrogance. I do follow a lot of Ohio State fans, and there is a lot of arrogance there. So, so I guess we're right. USC is going to fit right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is this is just the new norm. Like, add to the shit talking party. I guess I don't know. I just I am excited for the USC because one thing that I 
think is wrong about USC is that they, because they are a West Coast power, and they're the West Coast power, that they have been entitled to this blue blood status in college football. They're about to enter a conference with real blue bloods. Like Ohio State, Nebraska, like we are real blue bloods. Michigan's okay, they're, they're in that category. Penn State's up there. But, like, USC is not one of those four teams. And the, their history is not as pr- impressive as any of the top four teams' blue blood status in the Big Ten. So I, I, I am looking forward to the Twitter debates of them trying to compare their history to the rest of the conference. So, I mean, we're going to see some of that, right? We're probably going to see, is USC a blue blood, right? How would you answer that? You would say no? I mean, the, I mean... There's degrees of everything, right? Like, like, they're they're, but they they are not in what I would call the Mount Rushmore blue bloods, which are probably Alabama, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Ohio State. Like that's probably Notre Dame would probably even be in there too. So maybe bump out one of the teams for Notre Dame. So the, that's kind of the what I would call the Mount Rushmore, the top five blue bloods. They're in that next tier. They're in that six through. 12. Okay, so they are, but they're just not... Okay. Alright, I just want to clarify that, because I was but, like, ooh. But you're in a conference with two of the top. Like, that, that there is a distinguishing factor there. Yeah, because there's... They're currently, well, prior, they were in a conference with zero blue bloods. No, and no, no even debate for another yeah. one. Like, no one even close. So, like, they're about to enter, and then, again, Penn State, Michigan, they're right in there. Uh, Wisconsin sneakily getting in that status if Luke Fickle has success they start to get into this category of they, they need to get a national championship or two but like they're they're sneakily getting quite the resume built um, mm, but, interesting yeah, I, I would say Wisconsin's well below with USC but yeah sneakily cl- cl- closing in on it <laughs> closing the gap closing the gap there who's closer Iowa or Wisconsin to, to what I would call blue blood status? Yeah. Wisconsin. I, th- I think they're... Very, that's like... Uh, I, I think they're very similar. Very people. similar. Both teams need to win national titles. I mean, that... that, that you ha- it, We just went through this with the NBA, with Joker. Like, to be an all-time great, NBA to be is. an all-time great, you have to get the championship. To get to that blue blood status, you gotta got to get some rings, but... I, yeah, I mean, I, I, both, both those teams are starting to put together pretty nice resumes, Iowa and Wisconsin. So I'm hearing UCLA is not mentioned because I think we're all agreeing now that UCLA is not a real program, right? <laughs> is that is that what the, what's going on here? Well, if, if, if Nebraska starts beating them regularly, I'll agree with you. And I will I, say you this. know what? I'm going to be devastated if Nebraska loses to UCLA. I am going to add. Can, can I say this, though? Yeah. If you're talking about blue blood basketball programs, oh yeah, I mean UCLA is is a blue blood is the blue blood. I mean, they're yeah. it's them, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke. Like well, that's, until Nebraska gets a basketball team, we'll shelf this conversation. Okay, there you go. But all right, <laughs> let, let's get out of this. We this is a nice little. All right. uh, all right, it was good talking to you guys after this uh, month. I'm glad we figured out how to actually record again, so that's pretty Wait, cool. When, when are we coming back, Justin? When are you guys coming back? About a couple of weeks. I mean, we'll wait two, three weeks. I don't know. 
July? I mean, football's right around we're, the corner. We're, we're closing in. We're closing in on we're it. We're closing so. in. I mean, so, it's well, it's coming hot and fast. We're mid-June right well, now. Phil still will have a magazine out here yeah, shortly. Well, for everyone listening, once we hit July, expect regular content from us. We'll, we'll be weekly, out nearly every week podcasts. and definitely in August every week. We'll so. start, we can start breaking down some matchups in the Big Ten. We can definitely, definitely some fun episodes. I'll, I'll start sure. cranking the alt 22 and start figuring this out and get ready for the season. So can't wait. We're getting close guys. All right. Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook, look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast, hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review on behalf of Derek and Tyler. We want to thank everybody for listening as always. Go big red. Go big red.